0: That's right, I heard you, Brother Ken, he is awesome. Yes. So, tonight I'm gonna to talk to you again about a topic that's, uh, it's, it's, it's not rare. We've been talking a lot about it in different ways around here the past few weeks. Um, and so tonight I just wanna to talk to you a, a little bit about living truthfully, living truthfully. And I'm gonna open with my first verse that comes from Matthew. And I'm reading from the message. I've been reading from the message. I've been reading the message version at home lately, maybe the past few months. And I think this dude's funny. Is that Eugene Peterson? Is that his name? I love that translation. And he just he kind of talks like me, even though I know it's not him, it's him, it's the translation of the other, of but it's it's just straight talk. And so I decided tonight I'm gonna use that um that version as I speak to you. So I'm gonna just talk to you from Matthew five, thirty-three and through thirty-seven, it says, "And don't say anything you don't mean." This counsel is embedded deep in our traditions. You only make things worse when you lay down a smokescreen of pious talk, saying, "I'll pray for you," and never doing it, or saying, "God be with you," and not meaning it. You don't make your words true by embellishing them with religious lace. In making your speech sound more religious, it becomes less true. Say yes and no. When you manipulate your words to get your own way, you're doing wrong. In the KJV that say yes and no is the word, is the, is just let your yay be yay and your nay be nay. Just keep it plain. Just say yes and no. You ever know, don't, don't raise your hand and don't look at anybody. You ever know someone who just tends to exaggerate? They gotta go on and on. They can't just say it simple. And, 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 and they just go on, and it's like, really? That's just a little bit too much, right? And, and, and sometimes those same people that tend to, what do you call it, pious talk? You know, they go, they just, the smoke screens, they just, they, they just do too much. I think that's a saying that young people have. You're just doing too much, right? They're, they're the last ones to deliver on all that that they say. And then you have that person who doesn't speak much. Yes, I'll be there. No, I'm not. And if they say they'll be there, they'll be there. And if they're not, it's just real simple. And it doesn't require all that fanfare. No, there's those people that I call, they just talk to be talking. Like, are you listening at all to what you got to say? Just talking, just mouth moving. And, and for whatever reason, we, we have different motives. We can't tell you. Those people that, that always bragging about them being sold out. I'm sold out. Right? You know, they're, they're roo-roo-rah-rah, rah and they're, I'm, I'm, I'm sold out and they're unreliable, right? you know? I got you. And then when you need them, they're not there. Since you need anything, just call me. And you call them, they're not available. Right? You know, I mean, you fill in the blank. It's just a lot of talk. Um, they're insincere. You know, we, we, I talk about the Christian cliches. We tend to say all these Christian cliches. And he, you know, he talked about, you know, uh, what was that? In the South, they say, I think Sister Moore uh, talks about, they say. Uh, uh, the Lord bless you. They don't mean it. Or bless your heart. That's what it is, Rachel, right? Bless your heart. That's what I'm trying to think of. Bless your heart. That bless your heart is loaded. <laughs> it don't mean bless your heart. Right? <laughs> it, it, there's another little connotation under that. Bless your heart. You know, they they might be praying something else, right? And it, it might not be in your favor. And so that... that um, I call it lip service, just, just talking. God has a problem with lip service, when we, when we just talk and we don't mean, and we talk and we don't deliver, uh, or, or when we, or when we uh, sign up for things. Now, I'm talking about being honest, right, saying, saying that you yay be yay, and we, we sign up for things, and then we never show up. All right? this, is, this is leadership tonight, right? This, this is leadership. You're talking about attributes of leadership, right? Do what you say you are going to do. Be honest about things. If you can't do it, just say you can't do it, right? I think there's scripture that talks about you know it's better to say that you you know uh, oh, 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 somebody just preached about it. I think Desi used it in the sermon a couple of weeks ago. You know it's it's better to say no and then show up, than to say yes and don't. Now I butchered that massively, but anyway, you get the point, right? If you can't, you can't. Don't commit to things and you and, and don't deliver on them, right? Or 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 we say we'll do something and we do it but we do it with a nasty attitude Mm. i'm guilty of that sometimes i'll nail myself up here you know you on the day of you know you regret you signed up and you're like you know but you're going to do what you said but you got a two all right and we sometimes we can can talk out of both sides of our mouths and we we just it's not good or we're two-faced I'm talking about living honest, right? I'm talking about being, you know, we're two-faced, you know. Uh, uh, when I first started, well, let's see, that was many years ago, coordinating some events. And and I would say to Steve, I would get so seated under the collar. I can't even say hi. I would be so mad, you know, when, when people would say, they they'd get right in Steve's earshot. And they would say, Lil, anything you need, you call me. That that was to make sure Steve heard him, right? <laughs> and then you call him. Oh no, I don't do that. <laughs> I don't have time for that. What? <laughs> it's some of you know what I'm talking about, right? And, and, and it's I call that kind of that two-faced thing. You know, one thing to hear, and one thing to you know. No, let your yay be yay and your nay be nay. You know, God didn't make you do anything. He, he really doesn't. Even when we have uh when we when we ask you to Uh, When we say you can sign up for something to do in the church, right? Got your little booklet. You can choose something. That's not a command That's not a you have to Nobody's making you But when you sign up You're making a commitment You're saying yay I'm in and We need to deliver I'm talking about leadership All right or When we when we say we're a Christian and we're leading a double life, and I'm going to tag in because that was an awesome message that preached last Sunday, Sunday morning, and I'm not going to beat up on anybody. But when we say that we are Christians and we, and we live contrary to that, you know, we're one way in the church and we're another way uh, outside. And you know what I found? I found it's a lot of work to be fake. Let me just put it like that. It's, that's work to live two ways. It, 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 it's, that's just more work than living one. That's why God said, you know, Hot or cold? That in the middle place is really—it's just it's, that's not advertising. Which which one are you going to be? You know. And when we say that we're going to be Christians and we've acknowledged our sins and repented of our sins and we've gone down those waters of baptism and we called on the name of the Lord and we received His Spirit, right? And we committed to a holy life. That's what we were doing. We—I'm looking around this room. I don't know if anybody here is not right. That's what we were doing. We were committed, We were making a commitment, right? That we're gonna that we're gonna live God's way. If that's what we say we wanna do, that's what we have to do. Now, mind you, I know that's gonna look very differently. All of us are works in progress, right? Some of us gonna make some big, you know, uh, instantaneous changes, right? God works like that. There's people that I know that God, you know, delivered them from smoking, they smoked for, you know, 20 years and God just delivered them just like that. There's other people that it's a process. It, it, it It takes some time. So I'm not talking about that we all should be magically cleaned up. When we come out of the water we should be magically cleaned up when we receive his spirit but there's a but just there's, there's that forward movement right you you decide i'm gonna stay on the wheel you know i haven't heard that story in a long time from the bible about the potter's wheel right you th- th- we're gonna stay on the wheel right god's working on us he's molding us he's shaping us we decide I'll, even if it you know I, i've been in some of those pottery classes and you got to do some digging with your thumbs and you know all that when when you're being shaped in the way and, and sometimes it's not comfortable. Ow! You know, you poke me. I'm talking about God, right? That, 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 you know how God gets all in your business. He gets in there, he digs out, he puts in, he adds. I mean, he does all kinds of things when he's shaping us. And it's not always comfortable. right? How many of you know that? The honeymoon period is over. right? You came to Christ and you remember that, 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 that feeling you had when you first came and it was all warm and fuzzy and, oh, God is just amazing. right? He is still amazing, but it doesn't always feel amazing. Right? That honeymoon period is, is, is done. Right? But even though the honeymoon is over, you're not going to get off the wheel. You're going to let God keep doing what he's doing. Right? So you 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 you're you're honoring your commitment. You decide I'm I'm going to hang in there with you, God. And then there's, you know, there's those of us that we're we're in here. We're in the church, but we're outright rebellious. We're outright rebellious. We know the word. We know we're not living according to the word, and we're outright rebellious. We can't claim ignorance, right? I'm talking about living honest. We can't, we, can't, we can't say we don't know. We know, and we're outright rebellious. Can I make a recommendation tonight? Repent. Straight up. It's real simple, right? Repent. Stop lying to yourself. Stop lying to others. Stop lying to God. You know that when you lie to God, it doesn't end well. It doesn't usually end well. In fact, I don't even know how that works because God knows everything. Right? You know, and, and, and so who, who are you kidding? Yeah, it doesn't end well. I'm going to go to Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy 23. It says, when you make a vow to God, your God, don't put off keeping it. God, your God, expects you to keep it, and if you don't, you're guilty. But if you don't make a vow in the first place, there's no sin. If you say you're going to do something, do it. Keep the vow you willingly vowed to God, your God. You promised it, so do it. And so God's got to, you know, when you say you're going to do something, do it. Okay? I mean, that's what it's saying. If you're not going to do it, Keep your mouth shut. All right, Ecclesiastes five. It's picking up on that same theme that we just read from Deuteronomy, and it says, "When you tell God you'll do something, do it now." That means don't hesitate, do it. God takes no pleasure in foolish gabble. Vow it, then do it. Um, Far better not to vow in the first place than to vow and not pay up. Now, when I when I hear the word vow for some reason, vow just means promise, okay? But in our society, we use vow uh, lots of times as it relates to marriage, like marriage vows. That's a common vow that we take. And I was was looking at this lesson. I was thinking about the marriage vows, and I'm thinking about some some of the areas that we step into, and we don't take them seriously, right? This marriage vow is one. And I went and I looked up the Traditional marriage vows that we take <clears throat> and I'm gonna read it to you just to, and some of you can probably recite them by heart I mean these every wedding I think I don't think I've ever been to a wedding, but I didn't hear these traditional marriage vows And it says I such-and-such such, I put the such-and-such such in take you such-and-such such, To have and to hold from this day forward for better for worse for richer for poorer in sickness and in health to love and to cherish until we are parted by death. This I solemnly vow. Now, I know at weddings we all, you know, the preacher usually says, you know, this is not to be entered into lightly, you know, this kind of thing. Can I tell you that we enter into this lightly lots of times? It should, we do, right? We don't get it. You think about those words. Right? And you're thinking about who this vow is to. This, this, is the, this is a promise you're making to God. It's to your spouse, obviously, but this is, a, this is a promise you're making. This is a covenant you're making before God. We are failing miserably at this one. Yeah, for better, for worse. Man, that's a sliding scale. <laughs> when you think about what better and worse. You know, for some of us, you know, worse is, you know, what we would think, worse. Some of this is just, you, you know, your husband caught you on a bad day. You're done. I'm out. Right? Or vice versa, right? I'm just talking about how lightly we can take some of some of these things here, right? For for richer, for poor. Oh, the money get funny, and I don't, and I think that's one of the number one reasons for marriage, for, for, for divorces. It's finances. The money gets funny. Deuces. <laughs> nice knowing you, right? Right. I'm, I'm gonna go find somebody, you know, that can that can take care of me, right? In sickness and in health to love and to cherish. That word cherish is something. Think about that, cherish. I'm talking to husbands and wives, including myself. I'm not excluding me from, you, you do know when you're up here that your words kind of bounce right back on your head as you're talking. <laughs> yeah, it, it happens. Just because you're speaking the words don't mean you've arrived. Okay, I, I just wanna say that. I'm not gonna stand here in, a, in untruth. <laughs> I'm not gonna stand here and be a hypocrite tonight, right? I'm talking to me too, right? That word "cherish" means to to lovingly protect and care for. Mm. it's rough, right? <laughs> yeah. Do we do we take these vows? Do we do we make these promises, uh, and and take them seriously? Do we honor them? Do we go back to them? Hard to go back to them, right? I think I came across my Bible that Steve gave me when he married Art and I years ago, I've come across that like twice in these 16 years. And I haven't necessarily gone back and read those vows again, but, but my part is the farther we get from something, we, can, we, we tend to get amnesia, we forget. Because in that moment, we're feeling it, right? In that moment, when we make these vows and when we make these commitments, we're feeling it. Yes, oh, I didn't love him so much, right? He's just so wonderful, He's gonna be so easy to cherish. Oh, looking back, he look at me, saying, "Mm-hmm, right, right back at you, sister. Right? <laughs> oh, wow. Hey, I, I'm not that lovable. Can I tell you that? <laughs> I'm gonna talk about. I'm not that lovable. I can be a piece of work, right? <laughs> I can. I'm, I told you, I'm gonna tell the truth. Let's say, tell the truth and shame the devil. I'm gonna tell the truth, right? Yeah. Oh, it's a piece of work too. <laughs> I ain't gonna pick on anybody. We, he's a piece of work." Sometimes we just growl at each other for a couple days. I don't know if this cherishing thing has happened for a couple days. Yeah, it gets ugly up in 204, right? <laughs> and some of you husbands know what I'm talking about. Some of you wives, you know what I'm talking about. Cherish. To lovingly protect and care for. Okay. I'm kind of just pot-shotting things tonight because... I don't know. I said, God, what? Give, give, me, give me a good point here. I, I, like good, I like big points. I like the gotchas, as Desi says. I like, I like the gotcha I one. I don't necessarily have a gotcha tonight. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we're failing miserably at some of these things. And a lot of it, when I think of this marriage one, right, um, we don't take it seriously because we bought the lie. That marriage is the dress. Marriage is the ceremony. You know, marriage is all the attendance and all the, you know, all the, all the frou-frou. I'm using Stephen. All, 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 you know, it's, it's all, that's not marriage. It's a ceremony, but that's not marriage. Right? We bought the lie that marriage is a fairy tale. You know, that, that whole Cinderella thing, that, the happily ever after. We, we really have. We, we bought that. We bought the lie that love is a feeling. Yeah Married folk in here know that love is not a feeling Love is a commitment I'm Talking about living in truth I'm Talking about honoring your word And staying true to, to What you committed to Yeah That feeling Maybe for some of you it lasts longer than others But if you get past that when you, First of all when two people merge Just moving from, from Separate houses to the same house just adjusting to how each other live and how, you know, each other's different ways, that right there will wipe the woman fuzzies out real quick. (laughs) You left your socks where? Over some socks, right? (laughs) You know what I'm talking about? Some of us real particular, right? Socks, or or, or how you left this dishes in the sink, or, you know, how you handle your finances, or, you know, all those kind of things, man, it will rub the gloss off of that thing real quick. And you'll be saying, what, what did I do, right, you know, where did all those stars and fuzzy things go that, you know, were, were before you got married? Nonetheless, you made a vow. Yeah, are you gonna live truthfully? Are you, are you gonna honor that vow? You know, Steve mentioned uh, in the sermon last week, transformation, was that just one word, right? It Was just transformation the title? Um, so that transformation thing is so important. Because a lot of times we don't think about what's behind things. You know, when we're faced with something, we give it the, you know, the, what's the big deal? You know, we, we, we get real flip about, about certain things. And I, and I thought about this, and I was thinking about this topic tonight, and I thought about this lying thing, this whole deal about living a lie or not living honest, however you want to put it, right, that, 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 that believing a lie. And as you and I know, I think everybody else, everybody in this room knows that that, from the very beginning, when the Satan was whispering in Eve's ear, or yelling or whatever it was he was doing, I, we, have, we have these visions when, when I think of him, you know, hanging around a tree just being sneaky. I think sneaky people whisper. So, so when I envision Satan, I, I envision him whispering. You know Eve, if you eat of this tree, You're not going to die I just just picture him kind of slimy and sneaky Okay Adam had a word from God Out of all of these trees in the garden You can eat freely of But of that one tree Don't eat it I don't know whether Eve was standing around When God was talking to Adam or not Or whether God was talking to him But she knew better and so Eve decided that she was going to believe Satan over God. That's the bottom line to that story. I'm not going to believe truth. I'm going to believe the liar. Now, she doesn't know all that we know now. I mean, we, look, we have the benefit of looking back and being able to read the story and the backstory what was going on in the background. But that's the bottom line. She decided she wasn't going to believe God. She was going to believe Satan. The scripture says that in John 8, I don't have that up to 10, so don't look for it that Satan is the father of lies. Said he was a murderer from the beginning. He has always hated the truth because there's no truth in him. When he lies, it is consistent with his character for he is a liar and the father of it. There's no truth in Satan, period. His very nature is just a lie. Right? Now we get all huffy with Eve. You know, how could you do this to us? Tina, she's up there tonight. We like Tina, sometimes we don't get out our pads and write, you know, single lines for all the all the reasons, you know, why life is jacked up because Eve believed Adam, but we do that in our minds sometimes. We get mad at Eve. But we do the same things. Right? It might not be, we don't, we don't see a serpent and hear him whispering, but but he whispers all the time. In fact, he yells all the time. He speaks in so many different ways. Right when I, when I get up in the morning, I turn 50 this year. I'm going to tell them myself. Woo! The struggle is real. And when I, get in the, when I get up in the mirror, I don't see myself necessarily the way I used to. I get up in the mirror, and probably like most women, I'm not sure about men. I'm sure you guys have your, have your days. But I pick myself to pieces. Girl, you're losing it. <laughs> you ain't the dog you used to be, right? <laughs> right? Woo, look at that little, oh Lord. Right, you ever had those one? Right? When you, you know, the, the bathroom has the best light. You know, when you got that nice light over your mirror, you, you know, that's why, and you're just like, oh gosh, woo, is this what it's coming to? You got your tweezers out, it's, oh Lord. I'm, put, I'm putting me all on this plate tonight, I know what I'm doing, right? You know, then I look over here at all these grays, I'm like, oh my, where's Ms. Claro? right? And you get more. Oh, uh, they alive and kicking, right? When I look in the mirror, I'm dissatisfied. And can't hey, <laughs> <laughs> she did this, like her chin, <laughs> yeah. I, I picked me to pieces, yeah. And then, I, that, like that song that we just said, then I have to remember that my, that my worth, first of all, is not wrapped up on how pretty I am, mm. right? In fact, who said, whose definition am I going to believe of what pretty is? Right. Talking about living truth. Who, who said? Who said what pretty is? You know, in our estimation, we got a mama, she got an ugly baby. Anybody ever seen an ugly baby? But to that mama, that baby is beautiful. Look at my baby. Baby's so beautiful, right? <laughs> pretty is is pretty does. You know, those kind of sayings. Like, who who said what pretty is? See, as soon as we start, as soon as we start defining what pretty, we believe the lie somewhere. Because by definition, there's a comparison. Because to say that something is pretty and something is not means you have to compare them. God said, that's not wise. Because every person in this room was uh, wonderfully created by the master. Everybody in this room was... Everybody in this room, God died for, right? We just sung that. So everybody in this room, God counts as valuable. So the minute you say you're not, you believe the lie. That's when you go get the Ms. Clairol. You say, oh, no, because in order to be pretty, I got I to change this. In order to be pretty, I got to get me a tuck here and a tuck there. You know, I got I to I paint my face. I got to put a mask on. I'm not beating up on anybody. I'm just talking about we all struggle with that. I'm sure men do, too. Maybe some man get up here and speak on it, right? I think when women go by the mirror, you know, at the mall, they have all the glass, and you go by the mirror, I'm like, oh, my gosh. Right? I'm just saying, I I ain't the girl I used to be. Right? I heard men go by and do something different. You know, maybe you see things different. My point is, we're always beating up on ourselves. But you got to think about who it is you're believing when you do that. Who are you believing when you denigrate yourself, when you put yourself down, when you say you're worth nothing? Who are you believing? Because those are not God's words. Those are not God's words. we got to live truth. It's liberating to live truthfully. You know that? You ever just said, I'm looking at this face and I'm going to go, eh, yeah, so what? <laughs> right? It's a face. Right? It's a face. It's a gray hair. You know, it's a body. So what? You know, I mean, all those things. That, so what? Those are powerful words. That felt good. Say me say one more time. So what? so what? Right? Does that make me? Does that make uh me less than? No. Our value is not in our exterior, right? It it, it just it just is not. So when we on to on the flip side, there's others of us who think we got it going on, right? Probably the majority of us beat ourselves up. But there's, you know, there's young folk, they think, well, they got it going on. You ever heard this, the term, if you got it, flaunt it? Yeah, put it all out there. I'm young, single, and free to mingle, right? And they, and they just put it all on display. That means they believe the lie too, right? Because if you knew how valuable your body was, you covered up not because it's ugly, but because it's precious, right? I come to your house, anybody got any diamonds or gold, something valuable in their house? Any, you know, just some bonds, some, you know, something, whatever, right? I, I don't expect to see those laying out on the kitchen table when I come to your house. You having a party, you take your goods and just put them out on the kitchen table? Yeah, you know, you, you, empty, you empty the contents of your safe, put it on the table and a bunch of folk coming over. And that seems crazy, right? You don't put them on display, you, you put them away. Not because they're worth nothing, but because they have value, because they, they, because they do have value. And so there's all these lies that we say and display, we don't even realize what's going on. And so that's why it's so important to look behind it. That's why I mentioned that old ugly serpent, Satan. He's always whispering, he's always telling us something. You know, and, and, this, and don't get me wrong, I know the struggle's real. So much untruth is coming out. This is his world. Untruth is bombarding us all over, everywhere. It's, 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 it's all, but, but and, and the Bible says that we were born in sin and shape in iniquity. So, so it's like the negative comes natural, right, unfortunately. And that's why you got to be talking about this thing. You really do. Who am I going to believe? At the end of the day, who am I going to believe? Am I going to believe that old nasty Satan who's trying to devastate me? Who after Eve bit that apple, he probably cracked up. Right? You ever think about, I don't know, I got a twisted imagination, but I could just imagine him laughing and going, what an idiot. She bought it. Right? You willing to buy it? Oh, we're going to live in the truth that God says. Are we going to let our yay be yay. And when I say that, I know I'm talking about a lot of different things. I'm scattered right here, right? I'm talking about in your word being truthful, right? Being a person of integrity, living truth. Whatever you say you are, be that. Whatever you say you want to do, do that, right? If you're, if you're old, quit trying to look like you're a teenager, right? <laughs> if you're, yeah, I mean, I'm telling you, we we, we're always dissatisfied with, with who we are and what we are. Just live true. Just live simple. Just, just, it, just be. be. Be what God intended you to be. And the only way you're going to know that is to constantly be in touch with that God who's a transforming God. Right? you got to be engaged with this word. you got to be engaged with this spirit. you got to be engaged with this God because he's the only one. His whole agenda was to set us free. What's the scripture say? The truth will set you free. So when you're struggling with something, get your Bible out and find out what does say the Lord about it. Right. Yeah. When you're struggling, because there's so many areas, there's no way possible. It would take me 10 years to, to kind of itemize all the different things that we struggle with that are based in a lie. Right. Get your Bible out and, what, and find out what God said about it and then live that truth. And every time it roots his ugly head again, slap it down and say, I'm going to live God's way. I'm going to live that truth every time. The enemy's relentless. you got to be relentless, too. Yeah. You've you got to be on it. you got to live that truth. You got to tell the truth. You know, the Bible says confess your faults one to another. Anybody uh, just get up in the morning and say, ooh, I'm going to tell everybody today what a wretch I am, right? <laughs> right? We don't like to do that. But that, that confessing your faults, that means that's kind of like that's a keep it real moment. You know, God has these things baked into his word to help us stay anchored in truth. Right? Because a lot of times we always we put our best foot forward. We say all the right things. You know, we talked about that in that first verse right there. You know, oh God bless you. Oh, I'm gonna pray for you. You know, we we have a we stay up, we, we we're on the surface with it. And we just say all the right things and we just and, and, and we don't tell the truth. Right? We want everybody to think we got it going on. That's a lie. Nobody has it going on. Nobody has it perfect. Nobody's life is, you know, uh a hundred percent thing. Nobody's, you know, been to the pearly gates and back yet, right? We all pushing in the same direction, trying to live this way for this great God that we serve. Tell the truth. It's okay to be truthful. It's liberating to be truthful in every aspect of your life. Well, I'm a crash land. I haven't done my nose in a while, Daddy. but come along. I'm crash landing on that. Live truth. There's freedom in truth. God bless you.